I'm Steve Orlando, soon to be the writer of Wonder Woman and the Unexpected at DC Comics, crewed at Skybound, and I'm with Critical Thinking Podcast, thinking shit through one podcast at a time. Get over here! Okay, let's do an intro. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 92 here of Critical Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Miguel Garza, along with Rick D's Nuts. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to Critical Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, the one, the only, the MIG one, a.k.a. the Dark Horse, a.k.a. the Big Horse, a.k.a. Mr. Love. Alongside his co-host, Rick the Dick, Rick the Switch, Rick, I can't get it up, Rick Lopez. What's up, man? What's up, Nick? Ah. <laughs> hey. <Oops. laughs> hey. Hey. no ne- ah. in the house. All right. We gotta start all over again. Thanks, <laughs> Hello, everybody. This is Kyle from Tokyo Monty. Shut the live. fuck. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of Critical Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle, along with my co-host, Rick the Rizzo, and our other co-host, Sean. And the other Mexican in the room, Miguel G. And this is a critical look at all things gaming, movies, collectibles, and so much more. Hey, everybody. This is your host, Miguel Garza, hanging out here with his longtime good buddy cousin here, Rick the Rizzo Lopez. We are Critical Thinking podcast that is right and our special guest tonight will be the one the only the greatest one ever known to man steve orlando you will know him from such things as wonder woman yes or get stupid no i was gonna do the tour mcclure (laughs) (laughs) yes you will know him from undertow in the back of day and image his russian book which i cannot pronounce because it's in russian uh he also did uh as you said he's doing it's crud not not (laughs) yeah it's crud not crude it's, no, crude, it's crude, not, not crud. crud. Thanks, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> also, he's doing Wonder Woman. He's done Midnighter and Apollo. He's done a bunch of stuff with DC, and he has so much more coming out. And The Unexpected just recently came out, too, which was amazing, because I've never read that before and was unaware of those characters, and some people died in that first book. So wow. I was like, damn. <laughs> it's like you put the book like, and you're like, you have to step back and like turn the page back just to read the thing again, and like, Damn. Seriously, it's like like when you watch the Transformer movie when you see the uh what's his name when his head goes around Cybertron? Uh-huh. Uh what's his name? Uh Unicron. Uh, his head goes around. You were wanted just to see the head go around again? That's what happened with the unexpected. I had to turn the page back a couple times and reread that section because I just <laughs> could not believe what just freaking happened in a DC comic book. Wow. Yeah, Steve pushes the buttons. He's a man of the going to the edge. Yes, and he does not. What's the word we're looking for? He is like, he's like us. No lines. He's going to tell you like it is, and he's going to tell you the truth, clean and dirty, so it sticks. <laughs> clean and dirty? That's right. Oh, excuse me, loud and dirty. Loud and dirty. Yeah. It's kind of hard to be clean and dirty. Well, it could be, but you know, we ain't talking about that right now. That's, <laughs> that's a different code. Ladies and gentlemen, that's code for sex. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so yeah, so the great Steve Orlando will be joining us right now. I've known this man since he was a wee lad. No, not really. <laughs> Wait a minute. I think I'm a lot older than you, too. That's sad. 
Well, I don't know if you're that much taller than me, but you've known me for a long time. <laughs> yes, I have, and it's been a pleasure to know this man. This man I consider to be one of the greatest writers of our time right now. Seriously, uh, I'm not lathering on. I'm not kissing any ass. I'm saying the truth. Uh, this man is a tremendous writer. Uh, we started. I knew him when he started off doing image, doing his own thing. Undertow, hashtag the arm. Uh, you name it, and he did his own stuff. His Russian books. Uh, Love the stuff. And then Virgil, which was amazing, by the way. And Rick, I loaned that to Rick here recently. He hasn't read it yet, but he's gonna he's probably gonna love it. Uh, he was enjoying Undertow. Uh, and then you uh went ahead and next thing I know, you're in DC. I'm like, holy crap. Next thing I know, you are the man. And then you're still doing indie stuff too. So geez. I'm doing a lot. I'm doing a lot, definitely. I I, I don't know where you have the time. <laughs> Well, it's you know it's, it's it is my job now, so um, you know that that's been beneficial. But yeah, it's it's a lot. I mean, I've got three things going out the door this week, so you need to. People think that making comics is just sort of like, you know, you wake up at eleven a.m. and like consider putting on pants, but uh, it is not all that. I mean, at least for me, I think I wake up earlier than any other freelancer, which is seven thirty, which is not even that early for normal humans. But for anyone else that works in comics, they just don't understand that time. Yeah, I know you. I know you do. A, like you, you're the writer and everything. You're like, is it hard to mix you, that you don't mix your stories since you're doing two different tons? You got your independent, and then you got your DC. Um, I mean, it depends. All the books I'm doing are pretty different right now, and the ones that you, the ones that I'm writing this week, for the most part, uh, haven't been announced yet. But they're pretty different, so it's easy to sort of slide together. The the hardest thing is, you know, we do the unexpected. Um, Actually, Crude and The Unexpected are both produced in what you know people call the Marvel-style production. And so I don't do the dialogue, basically, until the art is done. Uh, and it gives the artist more room to you know do what they do and create cool storytelling and things like that. But it also, then you got to be like, oh, shit, like, you know, what, you know, what, what do readers not know and know at this point? Because, you know, I write the plot and then two months later I have to come back and write the dialogue. So I'm like, I'm actually doing an issue of Unexpected right now where they meet like the big villain of the first six issues. And it's, uh, I had to realize that even though I wrote, like, I wrote issue seven in the plot last week, but now I'm doing the dialogue and they don't even know who this character is yet. So that's confusing to me. And it's new because we just switched how we're working on these books. Same thing with crude. Um, but no, you just gotta, I mean, like if you're writing books that are similar. Like if I was writing Titans and Teen Titans, maybe, but like there's not a there's not a lot of crossover between between Crude and the world of the world of the unexpected or the world of Wonder Woman, you know. So you just sort of go back and forth. Forgive me, Steve. I said crud. Forgive me. <laughs> I lift off the e. Forgive I'm, me. I'm looking at the book here. I've read the thing already. I'm, I'm sorry about that. Because it crud. Yeah. Of crud. This crud book here is amazing. <laughs> that's that's his next book coming out. <laughs> the story of Miguel. <laughs> Crud. <laughs> no, I put it this way. Steve has got so big time there, Rick, is that when we first met him, you know, it was pretty cool, you know. Couldn't you go out there to look for Steve information on him? You find some stuff here. Now I pull up Steve Orlando and bam, there it is. Wikipedia, boy. Look at him right there and his majesty sitting right here. Look at him. I'm Steve Orlando, born on this day. Got all the information you want to know about it right here on this one page. <laughs> now we know you're big timing. Well, as long as as long as you tell other people, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I want to. Obviously, we're going to talk about so much here today. It's kind of hard. I'm very excited to have you on the show. Uh, like I said, a fan of yours, a friend of yours, and you know, just 
excited to have you here. I'm actually quite nervous again, believe it or not. As my cousin Rick was laughing at me, he's like, because, you know, there's not too many people in this industry that I really look up to, and you're one of them. You and Joshua Williamson and a few other people that I really, really hold in high regard, and Greg Capullo and all those guys who I've actually met and talked to. So it's very still, it's kind of like being awestruck. It's like meeting Flash Gordon, even though he, he knows and hollers at me every time he sees me. Sam Jones is still freaking Sam Jones, and I put you in that category for me. Uh, so it's, you know, trying to keep all the emotions in check. <laughs> Oh, thank you. And I didn't even have to do porn like Sam Jones to get there. So that's really cool. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't want to call it crud. (laughs) Crude. So interesting. You want to tell our audience here a little bit about this story here real quick before we start hitting with some questions. Yeah, no. Crude is about crude is like a spiritual sequel to my book, Virgil. So these are all revenge stories, you know, like I'm tying I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking that I'm basically doing a series of revenge stories across different publishers. So we did Virgil and Image, we did uh, Crude at Skybound, and we've got another one coming uh, that you'll see soon at a different publisher. And it's all about this idea. They're all tied to the concept of family and revenge. In the case of Crude, it's about a father who used to be a government assassin, um, but was so terrified of that life affecting his son that he lied about it. And the person that he was, this sort of like, held, you know, distant, stoic, classical Slavic father, uh, destroyed his relationship with his son and led him to the point where he didn't feel comfortable around him, drove him to this refinery city uh, on the other side of Russia, in the Russian Far East, where he could live openly uh, because his son is his son is bisexual. And in the process, his son is killed and gets sent home to the lead character, Pyotr, in a body bag. So... Uh, crude is in many ways Pyotr's working through his own failings and his own mourning, uh, you know, to the tune of a multiple teeth broken, punches to the face sort of revenge story as he goes through those different parts of grieving for his son. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy the characters. I mean, the dad is clearly a badass. Uh, and of course, I figured out that his boy. You know, having him shot in the head. And let me ask you a question real quick, Steve. Is this going to be an ongoing series? This is another six part series. It's another six-part series. You so. bastard. <laughs> You're doing it to me again. <laughs> well, you know, DC doesn't let me out. Uh, for They only let me out for limited periods of time. You know, I have to, I can see the sun, and then I can do it. <laughs> and then I have to go back into the, you know, to the kennels to, to make to make, to make justice. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's – that's uh, the, the book is so cool. I mean, I know Rick started reading it, uh, looking at it. Uh, how did you get with Gary? I mean, uh, was, was was Gary your first choice or were you trying to get somebody else? I mean, I know it's an image and a skybound, but how did you wind up with Gary? Uh, I mean, I've been wanting to work with Gary for a long time. So when there was the opportunity to, to put together a crew, like, yeah, he was on my mind from the start. We've known each other for a while. We're both friends with Frank Barberi, who I think has also gone on your, uh, the podcast here. And, uh, you know, Frank introduced us a while ago. Gary is a lovely Scottish redneck uh, and a button pusher. And I'm also a button pusher, though not Scottish. So uh, we got along very well. i uh, just been looking for a way to do something for a while. And um, very lucky that, you know, Skybound was willing to pay us to do that and create this story. So uh, he's done an awesome job. Like I stepped back, like I was saying about how we produced the book. And when it comes to action scenes and the storytelling scene to scene, um, I give him a plot and then he does his thing and it's, it's been, it's been awesome. 
That's cool. I mean, it's an amazing book, Steve. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I put it up there with Undertow. Undertow is still one of my favorites of all time. Uh, this is really good. And it trips me out how you, you went with the Russians again, the names, and then I realized, wait a minute, aren't you part Russian as well? Uh, no, I am. And I have a lot, you know, having lived there for, I lived there in 2007 for about six months and there is a lot, you know, my, my, my opinions of my time there and, and, and sort of the culture there have changed. We are, my family is Russian as well. So even though I have an Italian last name, uh, it's a little bit Italian, but a lot Russian, um, a little bit is my last name. And, um, you know, uh, you know, suffice to say, Russian is on our mind these days. So I've been looking, uh, I've been looking a lot of them again, and this was just the right opportunity. You know, it is a polarized, intensified culture where everybody, few people do things in half measure. So if you want drama out of a book in a setting, uh, you, it's 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 a great place to go. You'll probably see uh, a more fantasy uh, realized version of the Slavic world coming from me as well, maybe for the final time uh, sometime this year in a different book. Cool. I will tell you this, and you are right. You are definitely a button pusher, and that's what makes you great. Uh, you're willing to put everything out there, uh, no boundaries, no lines. You do reach audiences. And I, I picked up Crude when it first came out. I got one and two. I didn't get a chance to read one immediately because I was so overwhelmed at work and everything else. So I had one sitting with me for a while. And then I then two came out. I was like, okay, cool. So you know what? I need to sit down and read these. You know, So I read them, and I was like, oh, my God. So I was like, okay, so the first one was like really good. And I was like, I'm so glad I had the second one with me right then and there. And then, of course, I had to wait for three. <laughs> and then at the ending of three, I'm not going to get any spoilers. I was like, wow. So, man, you, you're good, Steve. You're damn good. I understand why DC doesn't want to let you go. I understand why they keep on giving you the opportunities. And I can't wait to see uh, when you start doing your Wonder Woman thing. Uh, thank you. It's 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 a, it's a short run. Uh, you know, it's only five issues, but a, a shitload of stuff happens in them. There's, uh, you know, I couldn't, I, I couldn't do too much. I, that would be lasting with Diana because it's only five issues. Uh, but she does kick a lot of ass. And in the meantime, some really big things happen for Artemis, uh, cause less, you know, she's been showing up less places. So it's a really cool thing. Like 51, 51 is sort of like the overture issue because to be frank, I didn't know I was going to be doing four more issues when I wrote it. So it's sort of like a dungeon one that is about, Similar in some ways to Supergirl, but but I think better in every way than my Supergirl one run in one issue. And then things explode into like a blockbuster for the next four because I knew I had four issues to blow shit up. So um, very different, very different in tone between the two stories. Uh, but uh, hopefully you guys will be happy with them. There's a ton of, I mean, we've got Aztec from Justice League who's going to be in there. I was, I've been like working to make her cool again. Um, ACO from Midnighter is the artist of the first two. It's yeah. going to be, it's going to be really good. Where's the Ray? Uh, well, stay tuned, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I tell you, I tell you what, man, uh, seriously, uh, uh Rick, I'm sorry. I know you no, want like to ask some questions there. I'm just talking too much cause I'm fanboying out here and Rick can see this. <laughs> the, Here's a question for you. And, and I want to stay on image stuff, but I, so much DC stuff just pops in my head constantly. And I've been thinking about this for a long time. Any more Midnighter stuff coming down the pipe? Uh, well, you know, I would love a chance to do that. I know that we're trying to definitely give uh, the Wildstorm stuff, like the Wildstorm that's going on right now, that stuff, give it its room. So there's always a chance. But I think that, you know, the focus on definitely giving Warren some space to tell this frankly quite big story you guys have only seen like the tip of the iceberg with what he's doing with the wild storm so 
Um, there's always a chance, and I would go back in a second. Um, maybe not immediately, but I'm not going anywhere. Uh, and and you will see. Uh, there's a lot of Midnighter and Firebrand from the unexpected. So while I'm away from him and Apollo for a while, I get to ride someone else who has to get in the fight every 24 hours, or her heart stops beating. Uh, so you know there'll be there'll be a lot of punches in the face without question. In the meantime, I picked that up, and I remember I didn't know you wrote it. And I think you sent some. I saw some one of your tweets. I was like, "Oh crap!" So I called my guy. I said, "Hey, do you have this?" He goes, "Yeah, we got some in." I said, "Cool, put it in my box." I said, "Cause Steve wrote it, and he already knew." He goes, "I already put it in your box." Cause you, cause basically my comic book store guy knows that anything that you do, I get. So whatever you write goes into my box. It's one of those things he already knows. Anything comes out from Steve from whatever, it goes into my box. So he orders for me. Uh, so I picked it up and I read it. And the, the young lady talking about the one that has the heart, she has to fight. I, I didn't know what to expect because I'd never read the never knew anything about the unexpected. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. I'm like, this is really good for something that I didn't know any of the characters really or anything like that. I was like, this is amazing. Uh, so I'm I'm very excited for for uh, two. Uh, yeah, me too, man. It's coming out soon as well. I, it's already a print, like, and they're all new characters. That's the thing. Like, it was. I mean, doing Midnighter was great, but the opportunity to do. I wish we could have come out a little earlier, but uh, the opportunity to do a New Age Heroes book and do these characters that you're all are meeting for the first time is awesome. You know, and we were just at the Creative Summit two weeks ago. Uh, you know, none of the New Age characters are going away. We're now we're talking about how we're going to fold them into the DC universe even more so. And that's already going to happen in the unexpected. Like, if you read issue one, we did pare down the cast a little bit, uh, but... They're going somewhere, you know, with with villains that'll tie into metal. There's going to be an even bigger resolution that ties in the final crisis, provided they, you know, if we actually get to go where we want to go. So uh, I'm, I think Fire, Firebrand and Neon are probably my two favorite characters I've created for DC. I've created a lot, you know, uh, more than I remember sometimes when I go on my DC wiki page. But um, them and probably the bartender from Midnighter are my favorite things. So, uh, so, so they're not going anywhere. I got to get Firebrand into the bar from Midnighter somehow. That'll happen. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> I mean, seriously, what are you going to say? I'm sorry. I was gonna, you know, you're an amazing writer. Like I've read, I've read like the first two issues of uh, Undertow. I like, like how your story, how your story is going and everything. I'm just curious. I mean, besides just comic wise, would you write for maybe DC Animation? Uh, I mean, I would do anything. Um, you know, I would love a chance to pitch something for the, you know, we're doing that, that, uh, subscription service. Um, DC Universe, which launches basically like the WWE network. But yeah. For, but for DC Comics. And I'm super excited about that. So hopefully it's successful and, you know, it gives us a chance, gives people like me a chance to talk to them about, about where, about where the characters we're working on can go. So yeah, I mean, I would do it in a second. Are you kidding? Like, uh, it's 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 crazy enough that to be in the door, but to be doing stuff in other media that reaches more people uh, would be awesome. I mean, you guys are great, and you buy comics, and and comics are fantastic. I'd be happy to always be here. But when I go back from my high school reunion, nobody is you know, for better or worse, few people are talking about comics. Plenty of people are saying, oh, I know you work for DC like because I watch Arrow and I watch Supergirl and I watch Gotham. So, like, I would love to be able to do t- take the characters we're talking about, not just us, but like any other characters, new characters and, and do them for TV, do them for, uh, you know, do them for the subscription service, because that 
the stories you guys are talking about that you like, whether they're mine or other people's. Uh, and in many ways, that's how we share it with even more people, you know, because for because people, some people just will not have access to comic stores, especially as they close. Uh, but online is for everybody. So I'd love to do it. Hopefully I can, you know, hopefully we get the chance. I hope you have a chance because uh, I think you would make it excellent animation movies. Oh, I'd love it, man. Uh, Midnight would probably be my first choice for that. So hopefully we can <laughs> Nightwing would make an appearance. You know he would. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking at some lists here. I mean, obviously, Wonder Woman, The Unexpected, Young, Monst- Young Monsters in Love. Oh, yeah. I did a, I did a um, Monsieur Mala and the Brain story in that. Uh, so, you know, the, 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 a, the brain in a villainous jar and a giant gorilla that are in love with each other. You know, is is the which I didn't come up with, by the way. But they did. You know, I was really happy they immediately thought of me when that when that was the pitch. So we made it. I th- I'm really I really like that story. It's with Nick Klein who just did uh who just did Deadpool number one uh, for Marvel. Um, it's one of my proudest things, you know. So uh, it and again, it's a love story between an ape and a brain in a jar. So that's also on brand for me. I think that's really cool. You have something. The Milk Wars coming out too. I think. Oh, the collection. Uh, yeah, we did that. So Milk Wars was uh, Justice League of America and Doom Patrol crossover uh, that I co-wrote with Gerard Way. And uh, it's a bizarre book. I can't lie. Like, it, it's it, I can't believe we got away with some of the stuff we did in it. But uh, the weird comics that I was reading when I was younger by, like, Peter Milligan and Grant Morrison and all those things, uh, it's right in the vein of that. Uh, and... Yeah, I mean, you know, Superman becomes Milkman Man, Batman becomes Father Bruce, a sinister priest, and uh, and Wonder Woman becomes Wonder Wife for one issue. So uh, on the topic of button pushing, there's a lot of that. And then it also involves uh, weird utter machines and mind control milk. So, yeah, you should probably check it out. Most definitely. I don't think I have those, but I have to go hunting for them now. <laughs> I thought I had everything, man. That's ridiculous. The fact that I don't have those. Uh, they've been working me like a bastard. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? More Steve Orlando out there in the world is a good thing. And I will say that many times over and over again. I mean, you're an amazing writer. I, I don't know if you saw my tweet a while back. I said, DC, come on, man. Give me the give me the hookup of uh, Orlando and Capullo hookup. I need to see this. I need to see some <laughs> some crazy Batman crap going on with Steve writing. I'm like That would be like amazing. Actually, I pitched it to Rick's brother, my other cousin. He was like, that would be awesome. <laughs> I would love to work with Greg. He used to live like 15 minutes from my house, but all he does is work out and draw comics, so we never saw him out. That's literally his whole life. Like he, uh, so, um, but yeah, he used to live very close to me. I would do that, man. I would do that in a second. I don't know what I would do, but I would say yes first, and then I would figure it out. I mean, <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's just super talented, man. Super talented. I'm looking at everything here. Obviously, we've had Crude. We've had uh, Virgil, Undertow, Outlaw Territory. I mean, you had your stuff with Image, your Dynamite stuff, your IDW, Boom. Uh, I see all your titles from DC here. And, I th- I, and it wouldn't be – I'd have to pitch it. I have to say it. Where's the He-Man at? Come on. Oh, man, I would love to do He-Man. Uh, I, I pitched a surprise He-Man crossover for The Unexpected because the book is called Unexpected, but it uh, sadly did not happen. But, you know, it's uh, Tim Seeley, who's like the world's biggest He-Man fan alive, is doing that crossover, uh, and he's I, he's going to crush it. Um, but I would love to do that. Like, I was pitching that you would just have He-Man, like, show up in the in the, issue, in the book without anyone knowing, you know, because, again, it's unexpected, so we got to do some crazy shit. Um, 
spot. Hopefully someday, dude. I mentioned that I had a weird relationship with Merman uh, <laughs> on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, and I hope that you saw that because that was for the you know that think, was that was essentially only for you. I think uh, I missed it. I have to go back and look. <laughs> I, I'm a little addicted with Twitter now. Apparently, the guys say I'm tweeting constantly. So if I if I over tweet or over tag you, just let me know. <laughs> Oh, I'm all good, man. Like you're you're not you're not calling me like uh, you're not calling me like talk or something. So it's fantastic. You can tag me as much as you want. <laughs> uh, you know um, that type of enthusiasm is great. I actually like would love to also like tone down my Twitter usage, so I empathize with you. But I can't look away. You know, it's like a it's like a car wreck. You have to stare at it. It was okay. I tweeted just as bad. I think I went to Comic Palooza in four days. I tweeted like over twelve thousand tweets. Something no, like- I I need to less. It's it's really problematic. Uh, but you know we're uh, we're there's apps now that don't let you on social media for a certain periods of time on your computer. Like Williamson uses one, so like I will ask him to retweet something, and he'll be like, oh well, you know, as soon as my as soon as my app lets me. So like for his work day, he locks himself out of social media. <laughs> Fucking genius. Uh, I'm going to steal that idea. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see you work with him, too. Like, yeah, co-write something, do some Flash or something. That would be pretty sweet, too. I think pretty- Josh, is, Josh is great. We tabled next to each other like 15 years ago when he was doing Dear Dracula, like a long time ago. Uh, he's awesome. Have you read the Frank in a while? I mean, you mentioned him earlier. Have you seen him in a while? I used to see him a lot because he moved to Albany, so he used to live 10 minutes from me. So until I moved, I saw him like every week. Uh, he was actually, he's been working on, um, I can't use words. Uh, he moved up to Albany because he was working on Destiny 2, one of the expansion packs. He was doing video games. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. Because I was wondering where the, uh, what was the book he's writing? I don't have it with me. Off, off the top of my head, I can't think of it right now. That's bad. <laughs> he's going to cut me. Because <laughs> I pick it up. It's the one with the... Oh, my God. All right. We're going to have to have Sean cut this out. <laughs> well, speaking of video games, would you would you do a storyline for a video game as, as well? I would. I mean, obviously, like I would love to. I would love to write in, in any new format. Video games is a huge. Like I actually didn't know until Frank started working on Destiny. It's a crazy amount of work, which probably sounds naive for me to say that. But uh, it's insane the amount of hours he put in just on that little Destiny. I shouldn't say little, but on that Destiny expansion pack which is relatively small um that said i couldn't imagine writing something and have it come out as this playable world uh you know that, that people would get into so it would be awesome it would be awesome cool i'm waiting for your autobiography to come out when is that coming out <laughs> yeah well i mean you know it's, i mean it's penthouse publishing still doing it still. <laughs> I'll, I'll write the forward for you i got i got plenty of i got plenty of stuff i can say <laughs> All right. Don't make that face, Rick. <laughs> the uh, why are you eating in front of me, Rick? That's wrong. <laughs> we'll continue. I know, I know. I'm just I'm, I'm I'm lost for words, and that's a shocker. That very rarely does that happen. All right, Mister Nervous Nervous Pooh. Exactly, pretty much here. So, Steve, uh, my cousin Rick here doesn't know that you're an excellent Skeletor. I guess I have to bring that in here. <laughs> of course you do. Like it's funny when I do podcasts. Uh, I'm now like locked in a like in my punishment room because he because my partner is always like oh every time you do podcast you just fucking yell at me and now it's <laughs> again. <laughs> I was going to ask you, are you locked locked away again? 
Yeah, dude, and and our new house has every like it's like a hundred years old or whatever. So every fucking room has a door on it. So <laughs> like there's multiple walls holding the sound back. Uh, <laughs> this is what it's like in Boston. Apparently, I've only lived here for four for like ten days. So you got to cut me some slack. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> No, what you don't understand, Rick, is that uh, Stephen, us, we used to do a live tweet of He-Man Christmas special. Uh, it was a great movie. And, of course, Steve being the excellent Skeletor that he is, uh, you know, I always had a blast. <laughs> hey, there was rumors they're re- remaking that uh, He-Man live action movie. I mean, how could you remake that perfect <laughs> No! <laughs> how could you remake that shit? I mean, yeah, I'm sure you're right, and I'm sure it'll happen, but will it feature a scene where, like, a gnome discovers chicken and, like, rubs it all over his face? Uh, <laughs> Because that certainly happens in that. The world is basically saved by off-brand KFC in that movie. So. <laughs> Man, uh, I, I keep seeing over and over again that everybody pitching the uh, Thundercats. Also, I don't know if you're a fan of the Thundercats. They're all trying to pitch that as a live action. But every time I see it, I know it's all false news. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, don't. I mean, anything is possible. Uh, but I feel like it's probably improbable. They're doing that cute cartoon now or whatever, um, which, you know, hopefully is successful. It's not my bag, but we had like a very like cool, like anime, like Voltron Galactic Defender or whatever it's called style Thundercats reboot like 10 years ago. And it was awesome. But uh, then apparently no one watched it. So <laughs> uh, if, which if you haven't watched it, by the way, the one from 10 years ago is fucking great. Um, but, you know, hopefully people watch it. <laughs> I loved it. Um, I didn't realize there were six seasons deep on the Netflix Voltron. What the hell? I stepped away for like. I thought it was uh, seven. You're probably right. You're probably I right. Fin- I finished season seven. I thought it was awesome. I couldn't. Like, I thought I only took a year off. They must do more than one season a year or some shit. I can't believe that. Um, I'm way behind. But I love Voltron, even though I realized, didn't realize as a kid that every episode was the same of the original show. <laughs> Um, even more than Power Rangers, but that's okay. Voltron is awesome. <laughs> I'm still on season one. <laughs> I'm trying to finish it, but I'm just, uh, I don't know too much going on. Yo, it's hard. I have to, I mean, I can't, I can barely, I can't keep up with all the DC shows. I try, you know, so, but, um, I hear you on that. If it wasn't for my DVR, I'd be screwed. I, I basically wind up catching up during this time when there's nothing on. I, that's what I, I, I binge watch. Like, I'm like 30 episodes behind on Gotham. Miguel, <laughs> Miguel Raw is on right now. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm not even, I, that's being recorded right now, too. I have to turn my phone off so the, the app doesn't tell me what's happening. <laughs> I definitely don't have it on silent, so that's fine. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, so here's a question for you. Uh, Virgil was amazing. Uh, Virgil was still a very good book that I really do love. Uh, any sequels to that? Anything else coming behind Virgil? Uh, are you doing a, another backup, another sequ- uh, sequence to Undertow? Um well, I mean, Crude is definitely like a spiritual sequel to Virgil. Like, I, I, I feel like I thought about doing an actual sequel and I sort of wasn't sure that it was right for that particular book. Like I feel like if you did a sequel to Virgil, it would be kind of like for like the, the transition from first blood to Rambo 
Which, by the way, like Rambo is an awesome movie and First Blood is an awesome movie, but it definitely took it from like being a serious movie about something to just about, you know, being a, a baller action movie. Both are great. But it's they're totally different, and I, I don't like. And I feel like that's what would happen with Virgil. So um, instead, we did a book like Crude, which has like similar revenge themes, but we're moving the idea somewhere else. Uh, and, and so that's why I would consider. I mean, I consider it in many ways a sequel. Kind of going into movies, being that you're with DC and everything, what did you think of the of the DC movies, the recent ones that came out? I mean, I think I, I was super excited about Wonder Woman. Like, I saw it numerous times in theaters. Uh, and, you know, I brought anyone who even had a passing interest in seeing it with me, uh, just so they could be part of it. Um, and I really like to take on Aquaman, honestly, in Justice League as well. Like, he's a challenging character to, you know, for everyday people to get into, mostly because of Super Friends and their fucking fish talking jokes. Thank you. <laughs> Seahorses. <laughs> Shit that happened before we were alive. But, uh, but that said, like, I loved his, I, I love that take where he's basically like a folk character, you know? Like, it's like if Old Stormalong or something, like, washed up here in Boston and decided he was, like, fuck your wife and steal your whiskey and be like, you're welcome. And then walk away like that. That was him. Uh, I thought it was awesome. I thought, I thought, I thought that was a great take on Aquaman. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited for December. I hope it's great. And I think next year is going to be even better. You know, like Shazam is a character that has never like nothing like that, that type of superstition from it. We've never seen that on in, in, in movies before. So I'm super excited for that. Uh, and we already get Wonder Woman 2 next year, too. And it's set in 1984, year I was conceived but not born. Uh, and uh, I'm excited for that, too. Maybe I'll make a hidden appearance. How would you know? That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you could be the Stan Lee of DC. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you could show up in every movie. That'd be great. I mean, look at Steve. <laughs> I know that guy. I, I think it's cool that... That you said earlier, DC lets you out and do your standalone books that you're doing with Image and your own stories, and you have a few more to do. I is it still? I mean, how is it? Uh, I'm trying to figure how I want to word this to you. Uh, this is what it's been three, four years now, four or five years. I mean, is it still like blows you away that you are where you are right now? Yeah, I mean, yeah, dude. Like, I mean, this is it's a crazy job. Uh, you know, that that you spend your whole life trying to get into. So you, you know, it is. It's easy to be like, there exists some ego in the comics business. Uh, suffice to say, like, and I try not to be like that because uh, people who make it in, like, I'm just, I, I'm just, we're lucky as fuck to be to be doing this. So I realize that every day when I turn in the script that says Wonder Woman, you know, and you realize that it's. You know, issue 51 or 52, but it's really issue, like, 807. And you're just like, holy shit, man. Like, you know, you're part of something that's pretty, pretty huge. I might swear about it when I'm close to a deadline or something, but it's awesome every day. Like, that's, I mean, there's no, there, you have to realize what you're doing. Like, there are less jobs at Marvel than there are at the Yankees. So it's pretty fucking rare uh, to get to do what we do. So, uh, no, it's, it, it's still surreal as hell. Every time I go to the DC offices and... I'm sitting next to Dan or Jim and people who I used to sit in panels for. It's crazy. It's fucking crazy. I'm wondering if these guys, and this is just from my point of view, I wonder if these, these guys, you know, the big heads actually know how lucky they are 
to have guys of your caliber and, and Williamson and Capullo and all those and Snyder. I mean, do they really do, do they really grasp? I mean, this is just from my point. I'm pretty much talking to Rick now. I wonder, do they really grasp what kind of rising star you really are? I mean, I, do you get the uh, Mr. Orlando? We valeted your car, Mr. Orlando. Here's your lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't have a valet. I don't have a valet pickup yet. Uh, suffice to say, no. I hope they do. I hope they do. I mean, there are, and I think they do. You know, I'm on. I just got another exclusive contract. Like I didn't make a big announcement about it, but I'm on for another two years there. And uh, you know, they they wouldn't offer that if they weren't happy to have me on board. So I yeah, I hope they do. They've been they've been great since I've been there. Um, you know, and I got and they just you know they included me in the summit that we had two weeks ago. So I'm sitting out there, you know, talking about DC ideas that are really going to happen next to Scott, next to Jeff, next to Tom King, and now Brian Bendis, you know, which is insane. So wow, uh, it's it's a it's uh, they keep having me in the room, which is pretty <laughs> awesome. So I think they appreciate it. That's that's amazing. I I can't even I can't even say how much you deserve it. Seriously, from the bottom of my heart. Uh, from day one, you've been spectacular, amazing, and just truly eye-opening uh, to everything you've talked to us about since I've known you. Uh, so that's that's just super awesome. And the fact that you're a good story. They could do a Steve Orlando movie, basically a success story. You know, look, this is what I went through. I went through hell, worked hard. This is what, and this is where I'm at. Success, you know, hard work does lead to success, and you deserve every bit of it, Steve. You really do. Thank you, man. Uh, I appreciate it. And now I got called. I get called Bubba. By 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 Brian Bendis now, so I made it. I guess I made it. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. The uh, oh oh earlier today, uh, Rick's brother had made a comment to us because uh, he's a big fan of yours. Also, he's like, man, I'd love to Steve Steve write a couple of Marvel comics too. You know, write take over like the Morlocks or something like that. Was it was the Morlocks, right, Rick? The Morlocks, and yeah. some other some other dark characters. He goes, I would love to see his take on that. Um, well, I mean, what characters do you, I mean, I, I would do that in a second. I always talk about James and I eventually doing like Wolverine and the X-Men and going over there at some point. Uh, but the book, I recently discovered that the book I really want to do at Marvel is Wonder Man and Beast, which I feel like no one would buy, but I would have a really fun time doing. Um, so if you see that announced without me, I'm going to be fucking pissed. <laughs> Can we get one punch, man? <laughs> Go on, man. Uh, isn't, that, isn't that Viz Media? <laughs> uh, we just keep, we were making a joke about One Punch Man not too long ago. I was like, I just thought of you when I, hey, One Punch Man, there you go. <laughs> I think that's D Man at Marvel or Demolition Man. I'm sorry. Yeah, that, yeah. that was a deep cut Marvel joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now we're pimping it out to Dark Horse. When are you gonna write some Star Wars? How about some? Uh, well, I mean, no, Marvel owns that now. Uh, <laughs> uh, Marvel owns everything that Dark Horse is doing. That's their new game. I know, right? Wow. They just, they just bought Conan, man. Well, not just. It was like six months ago. But yeah. Uh, so it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know what they'll buy next. I think we need to buy some things. Mm, yeah, that'd be cool. Do you have any uh, – uh, I'm going to put you on – not on spot, but here. And you, like you said, you created new characters for DC. You've been doing this. But do you have like one that you haven't really unleashed yet? And you're like, I'm waiting for the opportune time to like, hey, guys, check this bad mofo out. Uh, I mean – New characters, I don't know, because, I mean, I, I I think about new characters all the time, but I do, I mean, I, I wrote Martian Manhunter a little bit with Frank with Frank and the Martian Manhunter, Marvel the Martian crossover, but uh, that's my favorite character, so I'd love a chance to actually do something, like, big and meaningful with him, because he's always been my favorite, 
So hopefully someday. Cool. I'd like uh, to get you back on Lobo. Yeah, I'd like to do a Lobo solo too. I honestly, I thought I was going to hate that dude, and then it really. <laughs> so I would love to do that. Now here's a question, and we've been talking about you. We wanted you to write everything else. Uh, so walk us through a day of Steve Orlando getting up to go to work for DC stuff. I mean, cause I don't really know what all you have to do. I mean, you talk about writing all these comics. I mean, as far as I'm sitting here thinking, ah, he's jotting stuff down here. He goes there, goes to the meeting, has a, has a bagel, comes back, does this, does, drinks a cup of coffee, shoots the shit. What exactly goes on in a day? Of- I mean, look, it's, uh, it's <laughs> when you're a writer, I mean, you, I'm not going to wow you. It's not like I wake up like a, in a bed full of diamonds, you know, like. <laughs> uh, They're pearls. You wake up in a bed of pearls. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I misspoke. It's it's actually, it, it's rubies. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, I mean, I just work my ass off most days. Dude. Like, I mean, today I woke up at seven and I go to the gym in the morning to sort of clear my head and, you know, make sure I don't die. And, uh, then like I've been back at 11 and I worked since from 11 until when we're doing this podcast, I'm going to, uh, probably grant myself some time to like drink a beer and watch raw. And then at 11, I will do some more shit probably till like one in the morning and I'll go to bed and then I'll do it again. That's, uh, you know, it's not always like that, but there's a lot of shit going on this week, uh, that has to go to the printer. So, um, but I do a book every week, you know, like when I was doing midnight or an undertow, I had a lot more time. I'm trying to get more time, but right now I, you know, I write one or two books uh, every week. So I want actually more time to make sure everything is as good as it can be. That was the goal for this next two years. So hopefully that happens. But we're trying to get a lot of stuff going. Um, you'll see, you'll see more about what I've been working on at San Diego, probably. There'll definitely be some announcements there. That's cool. It's amazing how you can do that. How you talk about how I just write this book here, wrote this book there, wrote this that. Uh, okay, I started writing a blog or podcast here. I get block and everything else and i try to write and i'm like i don't like the way it starts i erase it start all over again and then three weeks will go by oh damn that's right i was writing that uh how the hell do you do that i mean it it just boggles my mind that you're so brilliant that you like i'll knock this out this week it's like you just have the ideas just flowing i mean do you have to like record stuff to yourself sometimes so you don't forget the ideas uh i make a lot of reminders to myself yeah and i keep a lot of notepads around but as for things like block like actually donnie uh Johnny Cates had the right answer to this. Uh, re- like today, someone asked him about Block on Twitter. Uh, and as a writer, like to be honest, if you know when this is your main source of income, whatever, that's an easy thing to say. You can't really afford to have it. But it's not just that. Uh, you know, you're the first person in a relay race of making a comic. So like, if I'm late, then you know my penciler doesn't have things to draw. He can't pay his rent the anchor can't pay his rent colorists so like there's real life implications there's a lot of responsibility so you get it done because you know there's two to five other guys uh five other people that are counting on you to do your shit so they can do their shit and we can all you know we can all stuff our faces full food or do whatever so we can have a beer and watch raw on monday (laughs) gotcha no and knowing you you're the kind of guy that would try to get it done early because that's kind of guy you are you you care about other people too so you're salt of the earth so i know you probably busting your ass to try to get done even faster uh knock on wood i've never been late in my entire career and it's been pretty fucking close but i've never been late (laughs) uh, you know it'll probably happen this week now that i said that but (laughs) we hope not question for you again uh cons which cons are you attending? 
That's a good question. Um, what am I attending? Um, I'll be at San Diego. I'll be at Toronto. The one in early, the one in September. That's out of order. Toronto. Excuse me. San Diego. Boston. My local show now. Uh, FlameCon. Toronto, which is Labor Day weekend. Keystone. Comic Con. Fuck. Rhode Island. New York City Comic Con, Grand Rapids, and then I die. <laughs> <laughs> what? No Niagara Con? Come on! <laughs> not this year. <laughs> wow, that's that's a kind of busy schedule. So you're not coming back to Dallas, man? Come on! You're not going to come back to a little bit of show? <laughs> not this year, but if they invite me, I'll go next. Well, that's going. That leads me to my next question. Now I know you do these cons and you're busy with your books and everything else. Now, do you do the little comic book stores? Like, if somebody was to try to call you, hey Steve, we'd love to have you come down and uh, do a signing at at a comic book store. Is that something you still do, or something you can do, or is it too busy to do? I mean, if I have time, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> um, so it's just about planning it far enough ahead that I can make sure there's nothing else, you know, going on or in the way. Um, and of course, like things can happen last minute, but in general, I totally, I, I'll do anything if I have time. And especially if I haven't been somewhere before, like I was hoping to come to a show in Dallas or excuse me, in Austin, because I'd never been to Austin before. I went, now I did Dallas the time I met you guys. So, um, I'm hoping for, there's a convention in Austin so I can go there and I would go to Houston too. I mean, apparently there are other cities protected. I don't know. Uh, although San Antonio, home of Shawn Michaels, I would probably do that too. So the more I think about it, there's plenty of places I would go. Hmm. Well, you know some contacts. Maybe we can pull some strings, try to get you down here. Because <laughs> the pandemic tour, it was just in Sacramento, is coming down to Houston now. Oh, right on. They uh, had uh, they had a lot of Walking Dead people there. Yeah, I think they'll be here in September. Jeffrey Dean Morgan was there. Hmm. He's gonna be over here too. Yeah, he was showing that beard. He had that long beard going there. Yo, that dude has been everybody in comics. Like, he's <laughs> Batman's dad. He's Negan. He's the comedian. What if they're all the same character? He's Sam and <laughs> Dean's dad. <laughs> oh, that's even true, too. Shit. You know that's renewed for another season. Another 14 seasons now. Oh, God. No, I didn't. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, that shows, that's still a good show. I still enjoy that show very much. <laughs> The reason why I was asking you about the con, I mean, by the signing and stuff, because we, our main sponsor owns a comic book store here in Rosenberg, Texas, which is right outside of Houston. Uh, and just trying to figure out logistics and everything else of how that would be. Cause I know he wants to try to get some people to come down, signers or artists to come down to the shop and do something sometime. So, uh, well, it would be for next year. Uh, just because this year, as you just heard, is a complete shit show. Not a problem. And again, we'll keep in touch with you. And oh, we'll... shit. I would have to fly into George Bush International Airport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My God. Well, for you guys, I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would not. Like... Now, we'll fly into Hobby. There you go. You happy there? <laughs> fly into Hobby. <laughs> you know what? I don't give a shit. I'll do it. Uh, <laughs> it's a really short flight to it's just like, only like a four hour flight to uh to um to Houston. I'm looking at it right now just because now that I live in a, in a place that has a real airport, travel is actually really really convenient. When I was in Albany, it's complete 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 shit show. But uh, now that I'm in a real human city, surprise surprise. <laughs> 
Um, now, now you got to go get your socks gear. That's right. Let's not be ridiculous. <laughs> hey, you know what? John Cena's from there. Oh, I know. No, I actually don't care. I mean, I care. I have no opinions one or another about the Sox. But my father is like like Leeds Blue Yankees fan. So if you ever saw me wearing a, I mean, if I ever wanted to kill him, I could just wear a Red Sox. <laughs> yeah, my dad's hardcore Yankees fan too. That's why uh, it's so much fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean. He would be really hurt. When they won the fucking World Series in 2004, I had to call him in college. I had to call and see if he committed to. So. <laughs> oh, man. I remember that series. My father bought. Oh, yeah. I got thrown out the house because that's the one where they came back after they were down 3-0, <laughs> came back and beat the Yankees and went on. Yeah. He didn't let me in the house for a while. <laughs> that, that'll break up a family apparently oh yeah it, it, it's pretty ugly i don't i'm not allowed to say anything matter of fact back in the day when i was still an oilers fan and he was a cowboys fan if you say anything about dallas i got th- i got thrown out the house wait so you changed allegiances you're allowed to do that well the oilers left houston and oh, then- so when they left houston they went to become tennessee and so i was a man without a football team and so my father corrupted me and brought me over to the cowboy side and i've been a cowboy fan since he went to the dark side. Yes. <laughs> Wait, Rick, who do you like if not the Cowboys? Well, I'm a Texans fan. Oh, I stick with even though, you know, they they haven't been great, you know, I'm I'm a local I'm a local uh fan. Trash. Astros, Rockets. Oh, I love the no, Rockets. No, it's come together for me now. So like the the Cowboys are like the Yankees of Texas in football, and then if you like the Texans, it's like being a Mets fan is what it sounds like. Pretty much. Yeah. Yes. A Mets fan. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, the Astros won the World Series, or you know, kind of throw it in Miguel's face over there against his Boston. It's about time they won one. <laughs> Been trying for like the last eighty years, and they're beating. They're doing it again this year. They're not gonna do it again this year. I'm sorry, <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Steve don't know baseball. <laughs> he just knows there's no crying in baseball. Well, that's fucking right. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can also mention, you know, you know. They they changed they canceled the they canceled the uh, the multi man match in the, at Extreme Rules because Brock Lesnar has a snag in his contract. What? Yeah, I just mentioned it. Why are you telling me raw news, man? <laughs> I mean, I uh, I didn't know there was a multi man match at Extreme Rules because I was I was moving to Boston last well two weeks ago. I I haven't watched Raw in three weeks. So there was a there was a multi man match that just got canceled and Brock was going to be in it. He was never going to be in it. They already announced he wasn't going to uh, defend until uh, SummerSlam, maybe. Yeah, I know. I was like, I, I don't understand why they did a money in the bank for him because he's never there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yo, what if they just did like a like a Hardy compound type video where like Braun Strowman just showed up at Brock's fucking ranch in Canada and killed him? <laughs> that would be awesome. Like, delete delete <laughs> yeah dude like you know the money the banks anytime right so brock's just like taking a shit or like looking <laughs> like realizing that he's married to sable and like braun just shows up like flips his house over pulls him from the wreckage of his house and then pins him and he's the champion money in the bank i solved it nice <laughs> he's gonna give him those hands while he's on the toilet yo get- <laughs> maybe not on the toilet get these hands on the toilet is kind of not a great <laughs> But I want to get these hands shirt. I don't have one yet. Like I said, I just met, I just bought my Mad Riddle International House of Bros t shirt last night. Nice. Uh, 
Do you guys know who he is, or because that's a pretty that's he's a relatively indie guy? I see. My my son knows of him. I, I'm not too familiar with him, but I've heard the name before. He's the evolved champion. Riddle's great. So he was a UFC fighter like Brock, but he was uh, probably a weight class down. He was undefeated for like four or five matches in UFC, and then he got popped for smoking pot and never came back and went to pro wrestling. So he's never been beaten in UFC. And uh, he's just a fucking natural, like any of these dudes that come over from UFC, like Brock or Ken Shamrock. And on top of that, his gimmick is that he's just like this ultra bro. So he comes out with this like, stoned Matthew Lillard face like giving everybody fist bumps but then you know he gets in the ring and he looks like you know he looks like he's a monster uh it's it's dude is great someday he'll be on the E promise you oh I see him now I, I see yeah okay I know who he is I've seen his face before huh pretty cool um but yeah no he so the crowd always chants bro when he's winning too it's pretty it's a lot. If you actually, if you if you put his name into Google, you can see one of the most ridiculous videos I've ever seen of him, which is when he was wrestling Cody and did a feat of strength, but he was using his feet, and Cody was selling his feet like they were his hands. Cody Rhodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. Hey, speaking yeah. of, speaking of uh, Cody Rhodes, well, you heard that WWE uh, cut uh, Big Cass here recently. Uh yeah, I did hear that. Yeah, they, yeah, Cass is gone, and so is Enzo. So you know. Well, I knew Enzo was gone because he got fired because of the whole uh, domestic dispute thing. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of like I was happy about Cass getting fired in some ways because, like, when Enzo got fired for maybe sexually assaulting someone, I got to use like every variation of consent. You can't teach that, you know. Like, uh, you know, no means no. You can't teach that, and I thought I would never get to use those types of things again. And now Kaz got fired, so I'm right back to don't cross the boss. I guess you can't teach that. Like anything, I, I will be making that same joke for at least a goddamn month. <laughs> oh, I was just sitting here laughing at that. <laughs> you know. And you can't teach that. <laughs> Rules. Yes, you can't teach that. Rules. <laughs> Rules. He got fired for going off, well, A, getting drunk in Europe, and B, going off script when they were doing that gimmick with the little person. Yeah, and he beat him up? Yeah, he was only supposed to, he was only supposed to give him the big boot, and he just tore into him. Uh, that's one of the reasons he got fired. It's just crazy. Like, can you believe we live in a world where, of the three of them, Carmella is the one that still has a job? Right? And she's a champion? Really? She <laughs> She's a good heel champion because she's insufferable. Oh, uh, right? I thought I would figure you'd like Alexa Bliss a little bit more. I think Alexa's better being the same character. Yeah, but they're on different shows. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Alexa, I mean, Alexa gets you in, and you thinking she's going to be all genuine, and boom, she turns into the like, wow. I mean, Alexa. It's funny. Like Alexa's better being Ric Flair than Ric Flair's own daughter. Uh, yeah. Which is insane to me. Um, but that's a whole other discussion. I'm sure Charlotte will be turning heel while defending against uh, Ronda for WrestleMania next year. Uh, but no, yeah, I mean, I like Alexa is surprisingly good. It's crazy people who are terrible in NXT and then they come up to the main roster and they're great. Like Elias was terrible in NXT and now he's like the third most overheel in the company. It's because you walk with Elias. <laughs> I didn't realize how, like Miguel pointed out, I didn't realize how big that guy is. I've seen him in real life. I was at the, before I, when Raw came to Albany a month ago, I'm sitting on the fucking treadmill and Strowman, Wyatt, and uh, Strowman, Wyatt, Arya Davari, Tony Neese, and Elias all came into my gym. Wow. 
Uh, and I was just like, fuck. So, and then I wasn't going to say anything to any of them, but then Wyatt like set up behind me on a, on an elliptical. I was like, all right, I have to at least say something, you know? And, and he was pretty chill, but no, they're all enormous. I mean, Braun is obviously enormous, but Elias is jacked as fuck. It's funny that he has like a wimpy singer gimmick because the dude is huge. <laughs> you didn't try to get Braun them hands? Uh, no, I did not. Uh, I, I was afraid to even give him my hand to shake. Uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> Man, that's cool. Wyatt and them. That, that's, oh, man. That'd have been well, awesome. I wouldn't know how to act if, if I was in the gym and then they showed up and be like, um, uh, uh. <laughs> I missed, I missed, I missed, uh, Finn, though. He went to a different, uh, he went to a different gym in the area, but I found out where he, my friend writes Headlock, this wrestling comic. So he is tight with Balor and then Joe and a bunch of other different people. He's also from Albany. So I, I found out that Finn went to CrossFit, that bastard. Go to a real gym. <laughs> Finn Balor's amazing. He's one of my kids' favorites. Uh, I'm I'm anxiously waiting for EC3 to get that call up from NXT. Oh, you do really like him. I see you popping the room online. That's right. I'm I'm EC3 all the way, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean his letter match. That letter match at Takeover, not this one, but the last one was crazy. Where Ricochet and him debuted, mm -hmm. like insanity. And then the dream of all people. I never would have thought that like one of my favorite ring workers would be fucking Velveteen Dream, but there he is doing a Macho Man elbow off a twenty foot ladder, like mm -hmm. see, uh, insanity. I wish he would kind of like not just make his whole gimmick like Rick Rude meets Prince, but <laughs> <laughs> he'll get there. Yeah. Oh, wrestling. We could talk wrestling with Steve all day long, man. That's see you need to get on that, that wrestling magazine that's got that WWE magazine. Who 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 runs that one? Who writes it? Dennis Hopeless. Yeah, who's uh is it image? No, it's uh <laughs> You should do a crossover with one of your like Wonder Woman have one of the wrestlers come in it. <laughs> nice. Wonder Woman's gonna give those hands to Braun. Wait, Marvel has a in Marvel continuity like Titania was in a women's wrestling league. Like it's crazy to me that they're not putting out some like basically superhero glow comics right now because it would sell. Yeah, it would. They, it was called like the Universal Wrestling Federation. Like Titania, a couple other couple other people were in it. Ms. Marvel was in it. The the ones that eventually became like a weird thing. Ms. Marvel. Uh huh. Sharon Ventura, I think was her name. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, dude, like it's out there. DC, no pro wrestlers. I've looked. <laughs> See, there you go. You got to know a new comic coming out. <laughs> and it could be Russian like Nikolai Volkov or something. <laughs> Russian like Nikolai Volkov. So you mean from you mean from North Dakota and not Russian at all when you say that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Steve knows it all. See, oh, Steve, tell you what, Steve. I, I need to get you uh, – Rick's cousin's, uh, my cousin, his brother, uh, Eric's, uh, number, let him reach out to you, whatnot on Twitter, uh, because him and his buddy, they do a wrestling, uh, podcast. And they, man, you talk about people that know, they know a lot more crap than I do. They probably know, know as, they probably have great conversations with you just on wrestling, period. I think it would be a blast to hear you and them just go back and forth. Cause they also, they are pro, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, the guy from India. Uh, Gender. Yeah, they, they're a big gender guy. They love gender. They like, don't hinder the gender. <laughs> I didn't know such a thing existed. <laughs> yeah, apparently they're, they, they, they're, they got a huge following in India <laughs> because they were like doing some stuff for Jinder Mahal or whatever. And all of a sudden they like got all kinds of crazy numbers from India. It was ridiculous. So like, they're huge in India. 
<laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they do all kinds of stuff on wrestling, and they they don't they're not Roman Reigns guys, they're not John Cena guys, uh, you know, they're Joe, and they, they're kind of like the same guys you do. It's kind of funny. They're a little bit on hiatus right now, though. But oh, they're on hiatus. I didn't know they're on hiatus, huh? Yeah, that's well, that summer of love that's going on right now. I got you. <laughs> Listen, I like I like Cena, uh, especially now that he's like allowing people to beat him every once in a while. Like I, I got to, you know, in a, in ten years, I'll like Roman too when he's decided that he can do more than five moves. Samoan <laughs> <laughs> <Someone> drop, <laughs> spear. <laughs> yeah, what actually angers me more is that Michael Cole only has five fucking things to say about Roman. Like, that's actually more annoying to me than his own said. Like, if I took a drink every time I heard, the power of Roman Reigns, like, come on. <laughs> the big dog. Oh, Vintage God. Roman Reigns. <laughs> Cole is the worst. Anyway. So here you go. Well, well I'll ask you this one on the wrestling real quick. Corey and Coach or Corey and uh, Saxton? Uh, I think Coach because Coach can actually fight back a little bit. Like Corey and Saxton is like Corey and like a harp seal, like a baby harp seal. Like Saxton, <laughs> he says things to Saxton, and he's just like, "Well, that's a good point," you know. Like he doesn't actually uh, give any barbs back. At least Coach has a personality. Uh, what I would really want though is Corey and Morrow, but they'll never let him back in the main show. Oh yeah. Um, I think Morrow is the best announcer they have at the company myself, but yeah, yeah, I was going to say, oh, you know, Corey got in a lot of trouble. Well, not a lot of trouble. He caught a lot of flack, uh, for a tweet he did out about CM Punk. Well, yeah, I read that like, oh, great, great tells you what he thinks. Like, which, which I respect. like apparently Punk is kind of a dick in real life. I would not know. Uh, I also wouldn't be shocked, you know, so. Um, and clearly he's got some hard feelings with Vince and the WWE. That said, Vince fired him on his fucking wedding day. Yeah. So, <laughs> he also got uh, fired from UFC. Uh, well, is it fired? Yeah, I guess he got fired. Uh, you know, he, uh, he didn't win ever. Uh, <laughs> he got fired out of his second match. Even the guy he fought got fired. <laughs> the guy from Houston, the guy he, he lost to got fired. Mike Jackson. Yeah. 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 That's bad. <laughs> Just bad. Well, Steve, we don't want to keep you on forever. I mean, I was I could sit here and talk wrestling with you all day long and everything else. I mean, I know we're supposed to just keep it on you about everything else. We're excited about the new stuff you got coming out that you can't quite tell us just yet. The new books you have coming out with DC, the new stuff with Image, waiting for the, the fantastic finish you got coming down here for Crude. Uh, I, I just looked at it a few minutes ago on your page. I saw the the new uh, cover for the next one. <laughs> I was He's a sneak peek. Yeah. <laughs> It was your little twist on book three, you bastard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I appreciate it. And you guys have been sticking with me from the beginning. So I, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. Well, you know, anytime you want to come on and drop anything or you want to, I mean, obviously, it's a little bit different with just us two here. We can have the rest of the guys with us. When they come back on, we'll try to have you when everybody's here. And it'll be a blast. It'll be crazy. Uh, more energy and everything else. It's been a rough day. I'm recovering from sickness. And then Rick is... At, Exactly the same here. So it's been rough. So I apologize if I kind of let you down a little bit today. Uh, not at all, man. I, <laughs> I was waiting for the, come on, Steve, tell me no. <laughs> not, this fucking suck. I hate this oh. show. <laughs> I, have, I, I, I will come on anytime. It's good that I had the time. You don't even think you know I have a grandson now. 
Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. I didn't know that. Yeah, my daughter had a boy. Uh, he's one year old now, actually. I had him for a year and a couple of weeks, and he is a handful, and I love him to death, and he keeps me very occupied, and uh, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. But if you go look at my Facebook, uh, you can see the pictures of him. I have a few pictures of him on there, but uh, yeah, so he keeps me busy. <laughs> and my older boy is in the Marines. He's about to be done. He's in Japan. He'll be coming home soon. Uh, the middle one is about to leave for the Army. He leaves on July the 16th. And then we have the baby boy who's still in high school, and he's and after he's done, he's done, and he's off to college somewhere to play football, hopefully. Oh, that's what's up, dude. That's all great. So then the wife and me will do some traveling. We'll see because my wife's from New York. I think I told you that she's from the yep. she's from the outside of Buffalo. So yes, get your ass up here. Although I live in Massachusetts now, unfortunately, but you should you should come <laughs> to Massachusetts. That's fine by me because I love Boston. I'll be there in a heartbeat. <laughs> it doesn't cost that much to fly from Buffalo to Boston via the. Uh, uh, the Buffalo West Buffalo, uh, out of here, Tran, uh, JetBlue, the official airlines of the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've been to Harvard. Um, well, my favorite lobster shack is near Harvard. I can give you that. <laughs> There's an amazing pizza place right next to Harvard, too. I don't really understand the words you just said. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, because it's not from New York? I I feel like you were you speaking another language there. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! All right, well, there's some great clam chowder. Uh, <laughs> you're back. You're back. All right. <laughs> Steve, always a great time having you on the show. I mean, it's just a blast. I mean, try to get you back on again when the rest of the guys are here. You're more than welcome to hit me up. Come on, or you want to drop something, or if you see anything on Twitter, you want us to tweet out for you. Please let us know. We'll do whatever we can. I have a lot more followers than I did than the last time I used to know you, so I can definitely do a lot more tweeting and whatever we can do for you. Uh, I'm really excited for what you have coming out. Basically, what you're doing on your own and what you're doing with DC. Uh, I honestly do believe if there's a writer who transcends who who is the future of, of, of the comics it's you uh i, I believe that 100 percent in my heart uh you're surrounded by great company there at dc i think dc has some of the best writers and some of the best artists right now and i'm just excited and the fact that you're there just this is the cherry on top oh well thank you so much man i really appreciate that and i'll be back you know i'll be back I know we definitely have to do the the He Man thing again. <laughs> Is there anything you like to like to promote there, Steve? Uh, I mean, Unexpected Two is going to be out in early July, and uh, Crude Number Four is going to be out in July. Man, there's so, and and Wonder Woman uh, Fifty One is going in, the, in end of July, like right after San Diego Comic Con. My Wonder Woman thing, I couldn't be more excited about that. So follow, I mean, follow Unexpected for, I think, the the most integral New Age of DC Heroes book. Follow Wonder Woman for a lot of wild shit you've been waiting to see with her and Artemis. And, you know, keep an eye on uh, San Diego Comic-Con because my, my dream book's going to get announced. So uh, hopefully nice. you guys put it there. Nice. Yeah, we can't even make it to San Diego Comic-Con yet because we haven't been around for three years. It had to be at least three years before we can make it as a podcast. Well, if you make it out, there'll be dinner on me. I've got a restaurant that is in the middle of uh, Balboa Park that I go to every year, and uh, I will gladly take you guys there. So be around for three years. Come to San Diego, and I'll take you guys out. <laughs> I'm coming to Boston. <laughs> I can do that now, so that's a deal. Now I know what I was going to say. Wonder Woman, when your Wonder Woman comes out, I'm going to have to buy like two of every one of them. One for him, one for his wife. Yeah, because my wife is a big Wonder Woman fan. And so she has all the one. I've been buying her all the all the Wonder Woman's that are coming out, and so she seals them and puts them up. 
so uh, I told her you're writing, and she was like pretty excited about it. So I said, like, yeah, so I got to pick up one for her and one for me. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I'm excited. I can't wait for it to come out. Uh, so I'm ex- I'm really excited for you guys to see it. Cool. That's amazing, Stephen. I mean, I wish you all the best of luck. Everything you're doing is amazing. Uh, we'll let you return. Try not to get you in trouble. Let's go watch some Raw. Get the beer in. How's your dog? Uh, he's good. Uh, you know, I think he's, uh, he's, he's liking in Boston. We can't be lazy and just let him out in our backyard. Now he has to get like actual walks every day. So he's, he's pretty happy with that. Cool. He's got a Corgi. Uh, nice. I do, I do have a Corgi. Yeah. Yeah. Rick has Jack Russell. It's a good dog. So sad story in some ways, not, uh, you know, I, I, I thought that there, I thought the dog downstairs in my, in my, in my apartment on the first floor was like a fat beagle. Uh, turns out it's just an extremely fat Jack Russell. Oh, sh- <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, and I was almost speechless when they told me, I was like, oh, is that like a beagle, like seal mix? And they were like, it's a, uh, no, it's just the Jack Russell terrier. I was like, Fuck man. So poor Jack. <laughs> Yo, it's no lie. That dog needs like a hammock to hold its stomach up when it's walking. But, uh, wow. but our dog, not like that. So. No, my my grandmother had a Datsun that uh, she fed a lot, and uh, he got to be kind of fat. And the doctor said he's got to lose weight. His back is going to have back problems, so he had to go. On, he had to go on a diet. No, it's bad for the, especially the small dogs because they don't have as much legs, you know, to hold up the the midsection. So it can be really bad. It's like yeah, uh, next you know the belly gets too big and their feet can't touch the ground. <laughs> yeah, it's like a bowling ball bag. There. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Well, Steve, thank you so much for joining us again this evening. I greatly appreciate it. You have no idea how much it means to me. Well, I think you do. Uh, again, you're one of my favorites of all time. Uh, clearly, you're probably my number one. Honestly, and I can say that. So, Josh, you can't kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Josh is never going to know. <laughs> well, nice having you on, uh, Steve. So, uh, you have a great evening, okay? Yeah, we'll talk to you guys soon. Uh, let me know when you want me back, and we'll do it. All right, Steve, we will let you know. All right, thank you. Take care, sir. You have a good one. Well, I hope you enjoyed that great interview we just had with Steve Orlando. As you can tell, I was a little flubberglastic there. Uh, Did uh, you say flubberglastic? (laughs) Yes, thank you. What? Great use of the word. <laughs> Not going to get that again this week, Rick. We were a little bit less angelic this week because, you know, we were being all well, Rick was saying my nose was still brown, but I don't agree with him. He doesn't know how well I know Steve. Steve and I go way back. And when I mean way back, I mean back when the dinosaurs roamed the earth. Damn, that's pretty far. <laughs> I am kind of old. But anyway, it was such a great time to have him on the show. I'm always in awe of him. You have no idea. He's one of those writers that inspires me. Uh, one of the reasons why I write my blog is because of him. Uh, he is just outstanding i don't think anyone can put anything in words like he does he's brilliant he's intelligent and he's just a great person overall it's just he's a, a triple hitter in my my mind and my my ideas what i think of him what did you think i thought he was great he's uh easy easy to talk to kind of guy he's like he's like the man's man just like one of us very easy to talk to he's a big wrestling fan as you can tell with the, with the way we were in the interview with him yeah that's the thing with steven everything i've known that we've done interviews with him before in the past uh myself is that it goes everywhere we're lucky we bring in Van Dam because that's another one of his, his things. He's a Van Dam guy. <laughs> yeah, and he's wait, also wait, a guy wait, from wait, uh, wait, wait, which Van Dam? Rob Van Dam or 
No, no, no. We're talking about Jean Claude. Jean Claude. <laughs> yeah, no, the Doritos guy. No, not that. No, no. <laughs> you know he does Doritos commercials. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's also a big guy. Uh, the guy, for, uh, DB Sweeney guy, whatever. Yeah, he's, we talk about him. That he's like a what's that guy's actor's real name? I can't think of his name. I don't know. Anyway, anyway, but yeah, Steve has he has a lot of uh, knowledge on TV stuff. We'll have to get we'll have to get involved with him on a TV show thing once, and you'll be like, wow, this guy knows obscure guys, <laughs> and it's freaking hilarious. But uh, yeah, so that being said, let me go ahead and throw our shout outs real quick. Again, this was as you saw the Periscope earlier today. We did our box office numbers since we don't do it on the show here for a while now. That was brought to you by Uncanny Comics, uh, located in Rosemont, Texas, with Joseph Cano and Tanks Paintball, located here in Richmond, Texas, off of Southwest Freeway. Uh, this podcast today is brought. To you by Tokyo Munchies as well. Notice our friend uh, Kyle out there in Japan talking about mm. Tokyo Munchies. He also has his own podcast. Yes, he does. And you can find that on Anchor. Anchor is where he does his podcast. He will be doing it once a week now. Uh, took a little advice from us and he's going to do that and release a show. And he does give us a lot of love on that. And he also gives love out to Uncanny Comics yeah. as well. So that's pretty yeah. cool. And you can actually, on his show, you can actually catch a whole bunch of them all at once because his are short shows. Yeah. Uh, his show's going to go a bit longer now. Uh, now that he's going to one day a week. Uh, also, he did tell me that uh, you'll be able to follow a couple of three things uh, interesting is he has the uh, Tokyo weather which is pretty cool because you know you don't ever know what's going on there and he does it in a little funny way he has the uh, Japanese fucked up news which is kind of funny uh, and now he's going to do word of the day where he teaches you how to cuss in Japanese Nice. <laughs> and some other stuff. And then, of course, the Tokyo Munchie segment is uh, what he's going to do. So it's pretty interesting. And again, he's one of our sponsors. He's doing his own thing and uh, he sponsors us and we try to do what we can for him. So thanks to Uncanny, Tokyo Munchies, and Tanks Paintball. Now, a quick shout out to our radio people who we could not be where we are without them. Thank you to Beyond the Dawn for playing us. NFG. That's right. And 8-Bit Bros, who now carry us as well. We couldn't be anywhere without you guys right now. And coming up soon, we'll be on 8-Bit Bros show. That's right. This Thursday, you and I make an appearance, and hopefully we bring the funny. Yeah, we bring the funnies. Yeah, well, see, we'll, we not the funnies. We're not bringing the comics with oh. us. <laughs> bring the funny. Bring the gay jokes. And Wait a minute. Yes, <laughs> bring them all. <laughs> bring the black jokes. Wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll try to keep it uh, PG thirteen. That's not gonna happen. That's not gonna happen. You know, with this interview with Steve, I was keeping it clean because you know what, Steve is my buddy, and it's yeah, Steve cuss more than you do this time. I, I know, right? You were kind of like looking at me like, "What the hell, Zeus? This guy sitting across from me." People are probably wondering, is that Miguel or is that an imposter? That's Miguel Brown nosing. I'm telling you, that's how it looks. That's not you, Brown nosing. You got to see how much Brown shit is right here in front. Dude, let me tell you something about that man. I've known that man longer than you've known Jesus. Okay, let me this tell you. the that. same guy that's coming in. He's like, I'm nervous about tonight, even though he knows the man. I was less nervous than this motherfucker right now. Yeah, but but you know what? It's it's because it's it's a friend of mine, and I have a lot of respect for him. That's why. It's like when I try to get Josh on this show and a few other people that I know, you'll see what I'm talking about. You'll see me. You see the different side of me. You see the more laid back, a little bit more respectful kind of guy trying to be, you know, it, it comes across like brown nosing, but really not. It's respect. Yes, it is. It's what? It's brown. Shut the hell up, you <laughs> bastard. <laughs> no, brown nosing is a code for sex for you. Not for me. <laughs> but anyway, guys, we appreciate you being with us again. Uh, sorry the other guys can be here. Uh, hopefully again, they'll come hopefully. back. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully they come back yeah. pretty soon. I mean, I mean we're, trying to, we're trying to work the, the kinks out here, but we'll get Sean on via Skype. Hopefully. Yeah, next time will be great. Yeah, Yeah, because we need a little bit more bouncing room. I mean, Rick and myself, we do what we can, but we know we're this is not a two-man show. This is actually a five-man show. That's right. We're trying to do the best game with the guys here. We might change the day what we do record, so we might be able to get some of the guys. That's yeah. At least Kyle. At least Kyle. Yeah. Get the grand poop ball back up in here. So it'll be six balls instead of four. Yeah. 
<laughs> the new podcast, Six Balls, brought to you by. <laughs> That's fucked up. All right, guys. Thank you, America. We out. Hey, guys, you can connect with us on iTunes at Critical Thinking Podcast and Twitter at Critic underscore thinking and also on Facebook and Instagram at Critical Thinking Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Critical Thinking is on Beyond the Dawn Radio, which is known for playing the best indie radio music around the world on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Pacific and 9 p.m. Central Time. And if you like the show, please five star the episode and tell your friends. So thank you for joining us, thinking shit through one podcast at a time. Thank <laughs> you.